Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am sitting across the table from my mom, Barb, who is looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. Thank Hi, you. mom. Hi, Michelle. Thank you. I know I've said this before, but it is worth repeating that it's very funny to sit across the table from you and watch you mouth the words that I'm saying as I say it in the intro, since I generally say the same thing each time. And I have no awareness of that. So it's really it's funny. It's really cute. Is it? Thank you. Like, it's really funny. I can see you mouthing, welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast, as I'm saying it. Well, can I say it's something? It's very precious. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Can I say something? So, you know, we had the Grammy Awards recently in this month, like maybe a few weeks ago, and watching Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs ring, sing Fast Cars and watching Luke Combs lip, oh, like, you're right. Like lip, That's like very similar. Mouth, mouth. Oh, the words along. Her words, like it's gonna, it brings so much emotion to me. I've watched that back so many times. I love, love, love Tracy Chapman. I love that car. It's my generation and that the car? words. I mean, <laughs> I love that I love song. That car. I love that car. Uh, I love that song, and it just brought back so many emotions and so many memories for me. And the words of that song just are, just are. That's why I was stuck in my head last night as yeah. I was going to sleep. So maybe, you know, I love listening to you speak. So I'm mouthing the words when you're speaking because it brings me such joy. Just like Aww. watching Luke Combs' face was just so, so precious. So yeah, anyway, I love I'm that. glad to be here. Hello, everyone. You are pretty chipper today. I am. That's great. I am. Life is good. Love that. Yeah. So uh, today we are back as usual. <laughs> For another conversation, last week, um, we dived into the topic of settling and the ways in which the dynamic of settling comes into our lives. And I really enjoyed that conversation. So if you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you do at some point, because I, I think that this topic is, it's so layered and it's so fascinating. And there's just so many ways to dissect what it means and what it looks like. And I love talking to you about it. But as we were completing that conversation last week, I noticed that there's another aspect of it that I wanted to dive into this week. So not really a part two, but kind of a part two. Extension An of, extension yeah. of the conversation yeah. of just what it actually means to honor your desires in your life. And again, so layered because when I started to think about this topic, <clears throat> excuse me, and what I wanted to say to you about it and, and what I wanted to unpack here, it's like you have your desires, but then there's a whole level of relationship with self. And then there's a whole layer of worthiness and then taking action and then having confidence and not being a, like, 
the examples that we're going to get into today seem so simple and like not meaningful at all in life. But then when you, the conversation we were having with our lovely colleagues before we even hit record about this topic, it's like, it goes so deep. So I, I just am excited to dive into this topic of what it really means to honor your desires and maybe why are we afraid to honor our desires and what's blocking us from honoring our desires? Because that is kind of the pathway to settling, I think. So, you know, when we think about settling, it's in the, in the respect of just taking whatever you can get. I know we talked about the different types of settling last week and we'll get into it a little more today too, but when you're just, oh, I I can't get anything better. So I'm just going to take what I can get. And it doesn't matter anyways. You have a desire for, for whatever this situation might be. And you're telling yourself that what you wanted doesn't matter because you're not worthy of actually holding out for the thing that you want. And so I'm excited today to explore this dynamic and maybe get to the root of why some of us tend to do, I mean, I know I tend to do that a lot. I've had a lot of situations in my life, big and small, where I've pushed aside things that I really wanted for a lot of different reasons. And then later on in life, looking back, I feel this weird, not regret, but subconscious sadness of big ideas or things that did light me up in one moment in time. And the sadness that I feel of for not allowing myself to, to let me see that desire through. Um, and so maybe it's just taking your desires through a journey with you and having a process for it and knowing whether or not you're going to reach that particular goal or you're going to be open to something, to, something else. But it's like, you can see it's kind of in the same vein of settling, but a different path. So that's what's on the table for today, friends. Because I'm not sure that I, I really like this, Michelle. We've had so many conversations about this episode and about last week's episode. It, I would have to say it's probably been our most talked about the conversations you and I have had episode we've done since we began this podcast. We have just had so many different, as you call them, layers. And it's so true because for me, a lot of times I don't even know that I'm settling. So that was last week's episode. And it was so profound to think about, wow, am I really settling? And what does that actually mean? And so this week, as we dive even deeper, I think a lot of us don't even know what our desires are. We kind of know what we want. But for me, all my years, I had like this big dream. I wanted to be, you all, if you've been following this podcast, you know, I wanted to be a queen or a nun. I mean, I had this whole thing. And then how did that all shake out for me? And that will be some of the foundation of the next book that I write. But it's so interesting to see what do we really, what do we really desire can often be elusive. I'm not sure that I ever in the early days exactly knew what I desired, but I think what happens in that whole realm of deciding or sorting out what we really want or what we really do desire we get into a place, I believe, for me, I believe that this is just good enough. It's like that idea, I can't set a boundary here with someone. I can't stand up for myself with someone or with something. You know, I find all these places in my life, maybe in the olden days where I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. 
and for me, underneath all of that is fear, whatever the fear is. Right. So it's a very, it is a very layered topic because it, I didn't exactly know what the deep desire was in the early days, but I also knew that it was, I wasn't setting boundaries and I wasn't happy. I wasn't okay. I wasn't enjoying my life. I wasn't, I wasn't getting um, good vibes maybe from some of the relationships that I was having because I would just come and say, oh, this is good enough. You know, I don't, I can't tell this person that, you know, I really can't go to the movies with them every single Friday night because I don't like going out on Friday nights. So I'll just, and that, as you were saying, it is kind of a form of settling, but it's also, I think a form of, I'm too scared to set a boundary and this is good enough. Yeah. it's Or I'll just suck it up. People or, pleasing and not standing up for yourself yes. too. And I love that you just brought up people pleasing because we were having this conversation earlier this week because we had the incredible honor of hosting Elizabeth Gilbert here in Boca Raton for our Mindful Boca 2024. It was amazing. Oh, it was so unbelievable. Elizabeth Gilbert is like, I, like, I adore her. A I national, love her. A global treasure. A global treasure. That's what we kept calling her, a global treasure. So one of the things she said, I was on a retreat with her before COVID, so probably 2017 or 18. One of the things she said was people pleasing is people manipulating. And I, I said that back to her on stage when we were interviewing, interviewing her for this event. And she said, I said that. And I go, you sure did. And it changed my life because it's so deep. It's like, wow, people pleasing is people manipulating. So I think that goes hand in hand and we don't actually get our desires or get the wants that we want in life because we're so busy trying to sort out not only what we deserve or are we worthy enough, like you were saying, Michelle, but I think we're also sorting out how am I going to do this and not offend other people because I can't deal with other people not liking me or being mad at me. And so when I really started sorting all of that out, I thought, wow, I am manipulating Mm -hmm. because I'm forgoing my own wishes or my own desires so that other people will like me or so that other people will, will look at me with great esteem maybe, or so that other people won't give me a hard time or won't leave me or abandon me. So it's a very, I don't know, this topic is so deep. And I think I said that last week, maybe a few times. It's just so subtle in many situations and in many instances, and it's very profound. It is. I'm almost like struggling trying to figure out where I want to start us because you brought up so many good points just there. But I think you know, kind of feeding off of our conversation last week of, of settling and letting yourself lean into what you want for your life. Um, especially when you're thinking about the pressures from the external world and the timelines and feeling like life isn't going at the speed with which you want it to, or, you know, believing that there's a lack, like what I, there isn't what I want. There's not enough of what I want, so I can't have it anyways. Or, you know, I I hear this a lot with my friends and just from other people too, especially when it comes from relationships, like there's no good men left out there. Everyone's taken. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Actually, could I interrupt you just (laughs) for a moment? Because you've said something to me over the years (laughs) that's really stuck with me. And I don't even think we've discussed this element of this conversation. I guess just finding reasons why you're, you can't have your desires. Go ahead. Well, you used to say to me often as a little girl, I mean, I want to say eight, nine, 10. I remember reading in your journal once you, 
you writing? You read my journal? Yeah, I did. We had it open and I just kind of read the first line. Oh. You had it open in your room. Here we I, go. I think we're probably eight years old. And Plot twist. Like one of the first lines was, please God, help me find someone who's going to love me. I wrote that? Yeah. Wait, why? We, we've never talked about this before. I know where we are now. This is what this episodes are about. But what, what I wanted to say about that is one of the, one of the lines that you used to say often, I feel when you were growing up and even when you graduated from college, when you were dating that one gentleman that you talked about, you used to say, I don't think that life will ever provide for me what I really want for myself. And you used to say, I see other people having their desires met or living the life of their dreams. Why doesn't, why doesn't life provide for me? Or why isn't life showing me or giving me even like a little glimpse of, of, of a path to get what I want. I really, I really think this is interesting in this whole conversation of you thought other people were able to tap into life or tap into their desires or tap into what they want. You didn't understand, or you used to be, you used to suffer and have a lot of pain over that life wasn't ever in favor of you or showing you the places that you needed to go, the little steps that you needed to take to get to what you desired. Mm-hmm. You're kind of looking at me. Does this ring true? I feel maybe I'm saying it in a different way. Maybe you had a different version. No, of the no, way no. You were you're right. It. You're right. No, I like you didn't trust life, so it was you didn't trust yourself, so it was kind of like you were in. I've always felt like kind of in a little limbo. Yeah, I think for the longest time, <laughs> I didn't expect to like excavate my childhood, <laughs> you know, limiting beliefs. Um, but no, it's true for the longest time. I did not, I, I held, and I think we've talked about this on the show. I, I held the belief for a very long time and it took me a long, long time to like unwind that and release it, that life could work for everybody else, but it couldn't work for me. And that life could show up for everyone else, but it couldn't show up for me. And that somehow I was this weird chosen person that life could not work out for you know, everyone else could find their purpose or find their job or find their relationship or, you know, feel good in their own skin or, you know, have the self-confidence or all the, whatever you want, um, in life. But I couldn't. Um, and so that was something that I held on to for a long, 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 long time. And that was a really painful belief for me because twofold, I guess, first it led me to always look for the reasons why life was not supportive of me. And so the more I looked, the more I could, you know, find examples, whereas I wasn't actually looking for examples of the opposite where life was actually really great. Um, and second, it, it made me really sad and made me feel like there was something wrong with me or I wasn't worthy of the things that I felt like came so easily to everybody else, which of course, we know that that kind of comparison and, writing stories isn't true or helpful or healthy because as we know, everyone has struggles, everyone has issues and we never know the whole story of someone else's life. But yes, um, I often would think that that desire for me was not ever going to be met. And in fairness, my dating relationship journey has not been a straight line of gathering successful examples to disprove my theory. You know, 
and this isn't, I feel like this is kind of a whole nother conversation, but this isn't where I had to really lean into loving my own life path and trusting my own life path because for whatever reason in my life, even despite being like a very hopeless, romantic, love, love kind of person for my whole life, um, that section of my life has not come easy to me. Um, you know, I, you divorced when I was young, um, divorced again when I was older. I'm not blaming no. you at all, but oh, no, no, no. I, I, you know, it's not true. having necessarily that example of healthy relationships in that regard. And then having a lot of dysfunctional relationships in my life and not feeling like, I was ever really calling in people who saw me or understood me or valued me and feeling like that, that, that was a struggle. Um, I have a point to this. There's just so much I want to say. So for, for me to have that struggle for so much in my life, I thought that oh, maybe this just isn't meant for me. Maybe I'm not going to ever have this, but as I've gotten older and it, and this has really been in, a more recent stage of my life where I realized that me continuing to fight against my own life path because it is what it is, wasn't helping me. And for whatever reason, my life path has contained these highs and lows in relationships, other stuff, not as challenging or not, you know, as difficult, but this is what my life journey is. And if I can lean into just like, wow, okay, this is what my life had in store for me. It might not have been my preference, but it's taking me in a lot of interesting places and teaching me a lot of interesting things. And, and this is hard and I'm, I'm never going to be perfect at this, but I've gotten better at believing this, but leaning into that your life journey, your life path, whatever, however you view your life, if it's a divine, um, guidance or, you know, fate or a plan that you just, that's sealed in the universe and you're just following the breadcrumbs, however you look at it, leaning into that belief that your path or your journey won't betray you. Um, and that, you know, you're not going to know how, when, or why things will happen, but that they will happen. And that's how, that's the shift for me in trusting my timeline and my timing. Like I, I've said that phrase a lot in my life as an affirmation, mostly to keep myself afloat of like, I don't have to compare myself and my life is my life and it's not like anyone else's. But I feel like it's even deeper now of trusting my own unique timeline because my timeline won't betray me and it won't fail me and it will get me to where I quote unquote want to go. That makes sense. It I makes, don't know if I landed the plane. No, you you more than landed the plane. I am. I think it's one of the things that I am so. I mean, I'm always proud of you, and just just being just being you. I'm always saying to everyone that I ever meet, "Thank you for being you." You know, thank you for for being who you are. And I just have to say that you are an extraordinary example of everything that you just said and the things that we're trying to share on every episode of this podcast. 
you have the idea that you have embraced so fully trusting the timing of life. You've allowed yourself to hold a vision, but not so tightly that it makes you feel like you, you're not worthy or you're, you can't trust things. You believe that life is working for you, not against you. You are trusting your path, as you were just saying. Your underlying belief is no longer, well, I'll just settle or it's good enough or close enough. Your underlying belief is that I'm going to enjoy every moment of what I'm doing in the day and be happy. There is nobody's, I don't know another person in my life that is more happy being who you are in every moment. And but that's, I have to, and what I was just, just let sorry. me finish, but go ahead, save that just for a moment, because I just want to finish this because I feel like when we embrace that life is working for us, when we embrace the timing, when we embrace what is happening in our lives in each moment, I believe you can get to a place of feeling that joy that comes from the inside out. And you heard your whole life growing up, you are not a victim. I think I said that to you at least three, four, five times a week. So I could see in the early days, you're kind of in a conundrum. My mom says I'm not a victim, but that's what I feel like. You know, life is working against me. Um, everybody else is having all of these things. So it kind of has a, had a feeling for you possibly from the inside out. Poor me. Why am I the only one that God or the universe or the divine has chosen not to have what she wants or the desires of that Cinderella you know, relationship or whatever it was. And so I think you battling those two forces within you, possibly, you know, you're not a victim. We are not victims of life. We have everything that we need from the inside out, which we talk so much about on these episodes to handle whatever life throws our way. But that is a very hard task to get there. And where I'm going with all of this is back to Elizabeth Gilbert and our phenomenal, phenomenal talk with her at that event. I just, I was mesmerized and really I have so many goosebumps right now. Like I don't even know, I think it might be why I just wanted to sit there and listen to her talk when she talked about purpose. And I think you are in this space. I think that's what almost made me cry on stage. I'm going to cry right now. (sighs) You are in this space of the way you live your life. When she talked about purpose, and I'm going to try to make it really short because it was pretty long. Mm -hmm. She said she happened to be walking down the street one day, you know, and thinking about purpose because she wrote a lot about purpose in the early days and many people write about purpose. I was hooked on the idea of what is my life's purpose? What is that grand big thing that I'm, you know, come to this, this earth to do? So she happened to be walking down the street one day and she saw a man who was on a ladder and it looked very rickety and he was at the top of the ladder and no one was around holding the ladder for him. And she had this overwhelming feeling that he could fall. And so she had to act on that feeling. And so she crossed the street and went and held the ladder for him. Now he was way at the top. So he did not even see her holding the ladder. She just felt like she needed to be in the presence of this man up on a ladder, trying to fix whatever it was he was doing up on the roof. She needed to be there. And so when he finished, she could see that he was finished. He was starting to come down. It was a pretty tall ladder. He was starting to come down and he saw, she saw that he was safe. So she left. So he never even saw her. And she walked away. I I am going to cry. She walked away saying to herself, and this is what she shared with us. What if that was her purpose in life? What if she was sent to this earth 
to realize that this man maybe needed her help to make sure that he was safe on the top of that ladder. She got the hit in the pit of her stomach, walked across the street and stood there until he was safe on the ladder. What if that was her purpose? And what I took out of that, besides being in awe, and it just sent me into such a beautiful place of, wow, we are meant to be in the moment every single moment. And every moment we're going to be guided to what it is we need to do. And every moment is going to present us with the purpose that we're here for. And I'm saying all of this, and you can add to this, Michelle, because you maybe remember some of the things she said, because I just think I had my mouth hanging open on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I think I did. Is that I, I really feel you live that way. I can walk into your place and you're there with Charlotte and you're reading a book or you're writing your book that you just finished or you're doing a puzzle and it's a, it's what, whatever's happening around. And I walk in sometimes like, you know, a bat out of hell or whatever that is. And like, okay, Michelle, let's, it's a beautiful day. Let's go for a walk on the beach. And you'll look at me sometimes you say, okay, mom, but I'm really, I'm really happy right now. And I'll say, oh, you're doing a puzzle or, oh, you're, you know, feeding Charlotte or, oh, you're, you know, reading a book. And it's, so it's just so amazing. The, the energy that you bring to the moment not all the time, as I said, we're, as you say, I said, we're never perfect, exemplifies everything that this episode is about, trusting your timing and trusting that. And Elizabeth Gilbert having that whole magnificent story about what if her life's purpose was to be in that moment, acknowledging that moment of standing there, helping that man stay safe. Yeah, I did love that story. Um, let's take a quick break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. All right. Sorry, that was a lot, but I just, I feel. No, no. You opened the door to a beautiful path of this conversation. And you entered that door. I sure did. Um, No, that was a great, and maybe we'll have a a whole other episode on purpose because I, I resonated a lot with what she said about purpose. And I've had my own interesting journey with purpose and, it's an interesting topic. Um, but I think going back to this topic of desires and honoring what you want and honoring who you are and why you're here. And maybe if we don't, maybe if we don't tie desires to purpose, I think you're right. I'd love to do an episode on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we don't tie the two together. Because we don't if need I, to, not everything needs to tie together. But we, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying this for myself because okay. I'm thinking... The quote we always say, the quote we use a lot, I got to stop using the word always because always doesn't really exist, but 
is that the hospice nurse, Bronnie Ware, she says the number one regret of the dying is that I didn't live the life that I wanted to live. It didn't say purpose. It didn't say desires. It didn't say really any of that. It just, what is my heart calling me to live? What, is, what, what, what life is my heart calling me to live? And I think sometimes we're not quite sure about that, but I know for certain that I know for certain that if I'm not quite sure, I definitely don't want to listen to other people tell me where to go and what to do if they're not walking in my shoes. And too often we listen to what other people think we should be doing mm-hmm. instead of listening to what is it that I want to do in this moment. I wanted to go walk on the beach the other day. You wanted to sit and read a book and you were perfectly happy with that. I think it's that simple. And I think that's the story that Elizabeth Gilbert was trying to share with us the other night. That's the story. It's that simple. Let's make it simple for the day of what life is presenting for us. So I just want to share that idea of even desires. It isn't even that. It's like, what is life calling you to do in the moment? And do it. As long as it's not at the expense of other people. But go ahead. I know. Am I taking this down a whole different path? No, I like it. (laughs) This is what happens when we leave Barb untethered. She waxes poetic and goes off on tangents, but they're very powerful and meaningful nonetheless. Well, and I also think this is for me, why I was so excited for years. You wanted to do a podcast and I kept saying, no, 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 no. I didn't have time, whatever it was. I was excuse I was making in the moment. And for me, what's really brings me so much joy being with all of you, being with you, Michelle, for an hour every week, having this conversation is the fact that we are in the moment and we are just having a conversation and it can take sometimes a direction we're not even sure where it's going to go, but it all ties together. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love it's not a scripted, none of this is ever scripted. It is truly just where we're going with our conversations. So you all can get a glimpse of of our conversations Mm. on a daily basis. So, Um, yeah, this is take it away. This is how we live. Going back to desires. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) <laughs> Love you too. No, I do think what you, what you shared was helpful and interesting. Um, and thinking about our desires and, you know, so much of what we talk about on the show is establishing that strong foundation and connection to yourself from within, becoming your own best friend and knowing who you are. And part of that is knowing what you want. And you know, even when you mentioned my journal as a kid and having these desires for my life of what I wanted and then feeling like maybe life got in the way and didn't want to give me those desires. I think I built up in my mind from that young age that it's not possible for me to have what I want. I can have desires, but they're not necessarily going to come through or they're not going to be exactly how I want them to be, or I'm going to be disappointed um, because I held on to instances of the, of that disappointment. And so I've noticed throughout my life that there have been so many instances, big and small, where I've let that play out in a way where I don't let myself have what I want, even if it's available to me. And I just thought that that was really interesting because how often do we have a desire and then get excited about it? And then somewhere along that path towards making 
having it come into fruition, we cut it off. We either don't take the action that we need to take. Maybe we tell ourselves that, you know, it can't happen and we're afraid and we just shut it down then. Or maybe the thing that we want is presented right in front of us and we turn away from it. And that's really what I wanted to kind of dive into deeper in this conversation too is why is that? And why do we feel like we can't have what we want or we can't advocate for what we want or stand up for what we want in so many different ways? And I know you and I, before we hit record, we're talking about different examples. And for me, it can stem so small to so big to where, you know, I can order a coffee in a coffee shop and go get my order and it be wrong and just take it and not say anything because, oh, it's fine. And, you know, and I think this is the people pleasing and, and that aspect too, of not wanting to seem like I'm difficult or that things aren't good enough, or I don't want to pile onto someone else's day um, by telling them that, that my order was wrong. But theoretically, that's a pattern for me where that should be the easiest avenue for me to announce my desire, ordering a coffee, paying for it, getting it and saying, yes, this is what I wanted and, and having that satisfaction. And so for me, it was just so interesting that even in something as simple as that, I settle, and this is where the settling piece comes in for, oh, maybe they gave me a latte instead of a cappuccino or iced instead of hot or um, the wrong kind of milk or whatever. And grand scheme of things, it doesn't quote unquote matter. But for me, it was giving myself the permission to keep collecting those clues of ways that I can't have what I want. And so I've, I've noticed too, in so many instances of my life where I've had desires, maybe taken some steps to, to achieve it and then cut myself off without any sort of resolution of, of those desires, um, either coming to fruition or reconsidering and saying, Oh, I've moved past that. I don't necessarily want it anymore. And so I'm just curious what you think about what it is, is if you resonate with this at all, because maybe you don't, or maybe you have different thoughts about how you get what you want in life, but also what do you think it is subconsciously that keeps us from actually, I guess, a believing that we're worthy and be feeling confident enough to put ourselves out there for it. That's a lot. (laughs) And I think it's, it's really good to start with a simple thing of coffee. And I think it's from I, let me just address what, what you said, and I, and I bear witness to this just about every time it happens. I don't think in my entire life have you ever gone back and said your coffee wasn't okay. And I think it's, it's always really interesting for me to watch it. And I think I've stopped bugging you about it. I think I used to bug you about it. And then you'd get, we get into a little disagreement about it. And I, I'd be like, come on, because I know how much you like, you talk about it a lot. And I know during, during the COVID times, you were really 
passionate about it. You like your morning cup of coffee. That is a big joy for you. Yeah, it is. Your morning cup of coffee with Charlotte, reading a book or whatever it is you're doing, you love that morning cup of coffee. And I've watched you when it's not what you want. I've watched the disappointment on your face. And I've never understood. Just go back in a kind way. I'm not saying go throw it at the person or go get angry or beat the beat the um, person up. I'm just yeah. saying go back and tell them, you know, that it's not it's not the way that it, most of the time it's not the way that it's supposed to be made. I mean, we have these shoulds that, you know, they, we know what a latte is supposed to be like. We know what a flat white or whatever it is, cold brew, whatever it is. So it, it always pained me to watch you take settle for or not be okay with just going back and asking the person to make it right. And I believe those little baby things in life are indicative of a much deeper, bigger situation that's going on inside of us in life. And I've often asked you, what's the big deal? And then you would get a little bit perturbed with me and say, I just don't want to do it. Or I, 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 don't, I don't want to make their day worse or harder. You said that, don't want to pile on their day. You know, they have a hard enough day. It's fine. And I would say to you, it's not fine because this, this is a moment of your day that brings joy. But the other side of that is sometimes we can't get so attached to what it is that we desire. And if it's not right, then it ruins our whole day. And I used to notice it didn't even really ruin your day. So I tried to think about why is it, or what is it about that particular example that you can't go back and say, Hey, but then we were talking to one of our dear work colleagues and she said, I feel the same way you do, Michelle. Mm -hmm. I can't go back and do that. But she's had the little caveat that really intrigued me. She said, but if I'm with a friend, and a friend's coffee or drink or whatever it is they're going into the restaurant or to get, if a friend's is not right, I'm more than happy to take it back for the friend. So I said, oh, so you won't go back and say, I ordered a cappuccino and got a latte. Could I please get my cappuccino? But you will go back and say, my friend ordered this drink and it's not correct. Could you please fix it? And mm-hmm. She said, yeah, yep, that's it. And I think you've done that for me before. I think if I think back on it, where my coffee wasn't quite right, she goes, let me go, let me go get it right for you, mom. Cause I know how you like to have your coffee, right? So it, it, it is a very compelling situation and an example that I think is very worthy of looking into like, what is it? And so if anyone listening to this has this same feeling, if it's this little small thing, because I think the more that we can constantly Advocate for ourselves in a kind and loving way, never in a mean, aggressive, violent way. I think the more we start to step into the the power of who we are and who we are, and we're honoring ourselves. I think, did we start off this episode? Or I think, I know you and I talked about it and in, in the idea of honoring ourselves. How do we honor ourselves in a way that we're not needing other people to like us as Liz Gilbert said, we're not manipulating other people to like us or not feel bad or not ruin their day. I think when I go back in a loving, kind way and say, hey, because I just did recently, um, this flat white, I don't think this, this flat white isn't, I forget how I said it. I said something like this flat white doesn't have the, the ingredients or whatever. It wasn't made in the way that I, that I usually get it. And she looked at it. She goes, oh my gosh, you're right. Thank you. We'll make it for you right away. And I said, would you like for me to pose in the drive-thru? Would you like for me to pull up so I'm not, you know, 
keeping you from doing other people? She goes, no, you deserve to sit right here. We didn't make it right. Like she, I was so kind and nice. They, they want to take pride in the, I think the, you know, the, the products product. that they're serving as well. So it's a very fascinating thing. And I know you love your coffee. So I think it's <laughs> worth looking at what is that? Because I think it will uncover and take away all those little unconscious roadblocks that we have in life that keeps us from trusting our timing and that keeps us from enjoying the moment or that keeps us from, because I believe if I don't deal with something in the moment that is aggravating me, it will show up somewhere else in my day. You know, I might get very frustrated with a coworker. I even remember during COVID when I was isolated with my dog, Ellie, I remember when I wasn't dealing with things, sometimes I would just say, Hey, this is good enough Barb, because this is COVID times. I would get really frustrated with Ellie and I just adore my dog. Like I would say to myself, come on, Ellie, go to the bathroom. We don't have all day. Let's go. Like so ridiculously weird, weird words would come out of my mouth of my little dog. That's just trying to take her time to pee. You know, it's just weird things would come out. And then I would look at myself and say, Barb, what's up with you? So I think it's a great example. And for all of you, you look like you're ready to fall asleep. Am no, I just no, going no. On? I didn't know how we got to Ellie <laughs> taking Ellie to pee, but. Because I think they're little examples. I think, no, no, I think they're examples of where our frustration can come out when we don't, when we don't stand up for ourselves in a right. loving, kind way, even in the little things. It matters. We matter. Life matters. And we have to be able to step up and say, I want to advocate for myself in this moment. We don't always have to do that though. This is not an always. I'm not always saying every time you pay for a cup of coffee and it's not right, go say something. Sometimes it's good enough. Right. You know, sometimes it's like, wow, this is really busy. I can see they are having a heck of a day right now. It is, it is, it is chaos. Discernment, I think. It's totally one of choosing your battles as well. But if you're someone that never chooses yourself to battle for, maybe reconsider why that is and other areas of your life where you do it. Because I think if you're, for me at least, you know, if I'm not someone who's going to advocate for the right coffee, I don't necessarily advocate for a lot of other bigger areas of my life. Like for example, a big area for everyone right now, especially since the COVID times is advocating for yourself at a doctor's office, advocating for yourself in a medical situation. Mm -hmm. I know so many people that call me because we do the work at the hospital here locally, wanting to know how can they advocate better for themselves that, that then they can't send their mother in because they're so scared because she, she can't advocate for herself. So this idea of advocating for ourselves, maybe that's an episode as well, is huge right now. If we can't advocate for ourselves, we have to worry and be concerned then of who's going to advocate for us. Right. And just knowing that I think it also too goes back to like, how do you want to feel in a situation and how do you want to feel with the outcome of your desires? Love that, and Michelle. if you're not getting those feelings, what needs to happen and how, what do you need to do or say or change? But it's so layered. Like we said, started, you know, it's like life is made up of thousands of these tiny moments throughout the day. And if we stop in every single moment to examine this, I think we'll be, you know, sitting in the middle of the road, overanalyzing every single aspect of our lives. So I think it's really getting so connected to yourself where it's like, okay, what really matters to me? And what do I need to do for myself today to honor what I want and what I value moving myself forward on my path? 
Michelle, yes. And you know why? You know what, <laughs> what you just said was brilliant is we do all of that by, by really tapping into how are we feeling. Right. I love that you said that. How do, if I'm feeling aggravated and frustrated and walk out of a coffee shop, it's hard to turn that around if that little coffee aggravated and frustrated me. But if I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm okay with it, I, I feel okay with this. You know what? I think it's, it's fine. This is a chaotic situation right now. It's all how we feel. But if we're feeling uh, like a victim, I'm going to always use that because that is my thing. If we're feeling like a victim in the moment and then we get mad and we get frustrated and we say, life is always making me feel this way. It's never working for me. It's always working against me. Then, then we need to take a pause and say, wait a minute, what am I not advocating for myself in the most loving, kind, gentle way possible? Yeah. Let's take another quick break. And we're back. It is super interesting because I've, I've seen a lot of instances of this. Like I've seen a TikTok trend a lot lately where, you know, it's that dynamic where you go in to get your nails done and you get influenced to choose a different color than what you wanted. And then you end up with a color that you hate. And obviously none of these things are life changing, but it's the dynamic of going after what you want. Like you go in and you say, I want a red nail and someone next to you says, no, but I really think that you should do this. And then you, you say, okay, cause you're either you're people pleasing or you're, I don't know what, for whatever reason, then you end up leaving with something that you didn't want. And it's like, that's another example of those small instances where, what is it where we can't just say, no, I, I really wanted red today, but maybe next time, or thank you for that suggestion. I'll keep that in mind. Like, why do we think other people know better too? You know what I think with that example, Michelle, this is really another layer of all of this. Or even at a coffee shop. Are, are you sure you don't want to try our special? Oh yeah, I'll try it. Even though I don't want it. But see, here's the, here's the, this is, oh my gosh, this is why life is so exciting and exhilarating, but also confusing. I think sometimes we have to have this attitude of curiosity and so if someone, if I'm sitting in a nail salon and somebody next to me says, hey, why don't you do red? In that moment, what am I feeling? Am I feeling that, no, I really want the, the nude color, simple color that I always use. Or in the moment, if that person says that, can I maybe be, am I open enough to say, hmm, I wonder what red would look like on me. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, let me go for it. And then I get in the car and I don't really like it. Instead of berating ourselves, see, it's all how we treat ourselves. And I think it's also, how can we be a little bit loose with our opinions and our wants and desires, but not loose enough that we hold so, that we let them go, but not too tight enough that we hold so fast to them that we're not willing to be open to other possibilities and opportunities in life. It's such a slippery slope in this life. So being curious. So the idea of the nails, if I say, oh, you know, I am curious what red might look like. I'm feeling it you know, got nowhere, doesn't matter what it looks like. I've got no, I got nowhere important to go that it matters that my nails look like they usually do or whatever we tell ourselves in our head, which is what I would kind of say to myself. We say, I'm curious. And then we get in the car and we don't like it. Instead of beating ourselves up and saying, why did I do that? Why'd that person have to say that? Why'd I have to be in this situation? We say, wow, I just learned something. I'm probably not ever going to paint my nails red again because it's not really for me. And this was a great, opportunity for me to know that because I think that's how we get to what we want and desire and what does 
really light us up inside by experiences and knowing what we want, when we don't want and being disappointed or being like, oh, curious, this didn't work. Mm-hmm. I won't choose that again. Good to know. Good to you, know. Yeah, you say that all the time. Good to know. So I that think true. It's, such a, it's such a place. But if we're not in the space of wanting to be curious, then don't be. But open yourself up to curiosity a little bit more. We, and, and knowing and experiencing life in another realm of what someone else is suggesting, but don't live there if it's not for you. Yeah. And you did touch on a point that I wanted to get into with desires too, is being open to so many different possibilities and opportunities that our minds couldn't even imagine. I think sometimes we get so attached to a specific outcome or a specific thing or a specific situation and kind of get tunnel vision of it's, it's this or nothing. And how much do we miss in our lives when we are in that mode of just going after that one thing? So I think that's like when we talked about the different kinds of settling, there's like good settling and bad settling because sometimes you're settling up like, Oh, and I like to think of it as it's this or something better. So it's, it's not the thing that I thought I wanted. It's something even better. Um, settling up, but our minds can only imagine a finite amount of possibilities and situations. And there's an infinite amount of possibilities in life. So the thing that you think that, you know, you're searching your whole life for, there might be something better, more aligned that you couldn't have even imagined. So there is that element of being open and being curious throughout your life of, oh, I, example, when I graduated college and the economy tanked and I was graduating with, from journalism school, wanting to go into like magazine, traditional magazine PR. And that was like the industry that was literally about to fold. No one was hiring for that um, at all. And I had to get a job, obviously. And my path took me and introduced me to some people to where I ended up getting a job at a trading firm, which I had absolutely, if you, tiny baby Michelle had said, where do you think you're going to work your first job out of college? Never would I've ever said a trading firm, an Australian trading firm um, that was opening its first US office. Never. And and you actually stepped on the floor. Yeah, I used to work on the floor as a clerk. As a clerk, in fact, in Chicago. Yeah, but it's so amazing. Yeah, what a story. And so that's an example of life, my path, my journey, taking me to somewhere where I never thought I would go, and I might not have ever been open to it if the situation hadn't been how it was. I needed a job. I could not find a job in my field. And I said, all right, let's see how this goes. And that took me so many different places and gave me so many different life experiences. Never thought I would have, you know, Chicago Board of Trade clerk experience. On your resume. Like being one of the only women at the time too there. That was like a wild experience and I loved it. Um, and so that's what that curiosity and openness can look like. And I, I know I've said this before on the show, but my boss at that trading firm who is also one of my really good friends said to me after a few years, you've got a lot of other skills. I I did some writing for them as well. You're a great writer. Like 
I think that that's something that you should pursue because I think some of your talents might not be being used where you are here. And here I am. So it is that curiosity of life of never forgetting, never disconnecting from yourself along the journey and being open to different things and different possibilities and also trusting your path. Like your path won't betray you. And I say that and not saying that in the sense that your path might not have a lot of bad stuff because I think that's the tricky point in this conversation for me is I am fully, fully aware and recognize and honor that there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the world right now. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of injustice. And it's like, how can I be talking about, oh, my nail color when that stuff is happening. And I won't try to speak from those experiences that are happening that are not my lived experience. But for me, I'm always asking myself, what can I do in this moment for myself that'll help reinforce myself from the inside out, regardless of what's happening on the external world? You know, Beautifully said. because I've had some bad stuff happen. And I know that I handle it better than I would have expected myself to because I reinforce that from within on a regular basis. And so when it comes to, to, you know, what you want and where you think that your place in this world is, keeping that connection and knowing that you're worthy of what you want, but sometimes life will take you on a really interesting journey to get you to the places that you want to be and places you maybe never thought you wanted to be, but they're so much better than what you could have imagined. Um, it's, it's just wild to look back on life in that way. Beautifully shared, Michelle. But also it, I'm 38, which feels weird to say, because I had a conversation with someone the other day who thought I was 28. And I don't know, age is weird. We've talked about age. But they thought I was 54. So I love we that for you. It. Um, it, it's taken me to this moment to, to feel confident in saying that. It's like a long, 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 long journey of introspection and reflection and practice to say that. And, and I, I so, so beautifully shared, Michelle. And I, I just, I think I want to close up what I have to say is that, the more that you can be connected with yourself and know how you feel in the moment, like really get connected to how you're feeling. You, you've been such a big advocate for that, Michelle, for yourself and for me and for the world in all of your writings and all of your, your things. That's why I can't wait for your book to come out. And I think it's this, this feeling for me, the idea of speaking up for a coffee or speaking up for someone else has really been an experience if you're having difficulty speaking up and advocating for yourself, as we've been talking about here, what has helped me the most is doing those little things in the most kind way possible, but also being loving and kind to myself. It's helped me, as you just brought up, Michelle, in the bigger picture of life with all the injustices and all of the things that are happening. And we can be in conversations with people. It's helped me stay in alignment with how I'm feeling in the moment when someone is saying something racially divided, or someone is really dissing another gender or another 
religion or another thing about a, another person. It's, this has been a big thing for me when I'm, when I'm in a group in the early days, I had all these strong feelings of what I feel about injustice and some of the things that are happening in the world, but I didn't speak up. I knew, well, it, it, what matters, Barb, is that you do the right thing in your life. Well, no, what I've realized is what matters for me and being in alignment with how I feel and what I want for my life and the things that I believe strongly in is that when I'm in a situation where I can speak up, that I'm able to speak up and stay true to myself, but also be kind in the message that I might speak up and say. And it's been extraordinary. I use that word a lot. Extraordinary is one of my favorite words. It's been extraordinary to see how gentle I can be with myself and how powerful that can come across to others and how open they can be to receiving it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. It's been a journey for me. And I feel like the experience of just doing it little by little by little, any area in your life where you're being positioned in a place where, wow, this is how I'm feeling right now. I want to speak up in anything, but not just coffee, tea, whatever, in anything that it's so, it makes you feel so empowered from the inside out, not powerful over people, but empowered for yourself. And it makes you feel so loving and caring for yourself. It's it's changed my life to be able to speak up in places and times where in the past I might've taken a pass. And I just said, you know, I'll just keep living my life true to myself, but I don't need to step my foot in the water in this difficult conversation. And I'm not saying that I always do it, but more often than not, I will speak up. And I think it's because of that little baby steps of advocating for myself and honoring how I feel in every moment. So thank you, Michelle. I love that. It's a lot of confidence and trust and being okay if people are mad at you or not liking you or judging you and trusting your path. And experiencing it. And being open and curious. And the last thing that and knowing I that say, you're worthy of what you want. Yes. You know, it's like you won't always get what you want. Sometimes, you know, you'll be redirected to something else, but remember that you can advocate for yourself when you feel like it's aligned to do so. And let yourself have what you want when it's presented to you. Yeah, I love it. And I just remember you saying to me so often, especially when I was struggling during this divorce this year, the year before, the year before, the long drawn out process, I remember you would say to me often, mom, you deserve the prize. I said that? Yes. Wow. You deserve the prize. Or sometimes you would just say, mom, you deserve. Deserve is a big word in your vocabulary, especially when you're talking about injustices in the world or when you're talking to me (laughs) or even Charlotte. You'll say, Charlotte deserves this door open because she really loves now walking in the patio outside or deserve is a big word for you. So you said you deserve the prize. And I think that stems from a belief that you have about not giving up on yourself. Mm-hmm. I love it. What do you say about the not giving up on yourself? I'm... Don't quit before the miracle. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You know, I and that kind of ties back to the journal entry of when I was a kid. It's like... Mm-hmm. You don't know necessarily when some of these big life desires are going to 
present themselves to you and come to fruition, but it's like, it could be tomorrow. It could be right after we hit end on this podcast. It could be the next time you walk out the door. And I feel like that's that keeping something beautiful in your mind that we talk about. That's the maintaining that curious optimism of what could, what good could happen to me today, tomorrow, next week. Um, it's keeping that mindset because yeah, there is always going to be something that's going to make us feel the opposite. Um, and since you brought that up, whenever I need a boost or a pick me up in that regard, I years and years ago, actually when I was going through a bad breakup, my friend would always play, um, the something's coming from the West side story soundtrack. I had never heard it before because I know this is blasphemous to say I was never a big West side story fan, but the song is perfect and I love it. And I listen to it all the time, especially when I need that boost because it's like the lyrics are, um, something's coming, something's something good. If I can wait, um, something's coming. I don't know when it is, but it's going to be great. And it just makes me always feel like you just never know when, you know, you can turn the corner and the thing that you've been dreaming of or an opportunity that you've been looking for or anything is around the corner. So listen to that song too, if you need it. I love you so much. And I love this podcast episode. And I love being here with all of you in this community of amazing, extraordinary human beings. And I love you, Michelle. I just love you, mom. You deserve the prize. You deserve before the miracle. Love it. Thank you. All right. Well, we talked about a hodgepodge of things today, but some points were made. I think it all made sense. Let us know. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the show for this episode and all of the episodes. We're so grateful for all of you. And we love doing this every single week. So make sure if you have topic requests or you have questions or you want us to dive deeper on any sort of topics, make sure that you're connected with us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod, because that's the best way to send in all of those requests. If you haven't yet too, make sure that you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, and Spotify. I know I heard sometimes like at the beginning of the year, if you haven't listened in a while, it might kick you off. So just make sure that you have done that because it's really helpful to us and for the show. And you're always up to date on all of the, all things Barb knows best. And if you are loving the show, a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leaving us a review is also super helpful and appreciated. And we are so grateful. Lastly, tis the season for new merch. Speaking of trusting your timing, we've got some cute, cute, cute options of merch that are available now. I'm so excited about them. Could be my favorite drop ever. So go find the link in our show notes to check it out. Let me know what you think. Send us a photo if you buy it. I'll be so happy. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. And we'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. (laughs) 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.